0: In her cabin were almost certainly tied to Micah's recent disappearance, which plunged into a wave, taking spray over the bow as she drifted off course. Hazel turned the wheel and watched the compass as she returned to a heading of one thirty nine degrees. Her destination was deep water, the deeper the better the depth finder confirmed the ocean's bottom well over one hundred feet below, still dropping away. The companionway door banged open and Hazel jumped, heart pounding. Light spilled across the deck as Joe came above, his shaved head and thick arms glistening with sweat that made the octopus tattoo encircling one arm come alive. He staggered to the rail, gulping mouthfuls of fresh air. Her father emerged after him, his long hair slick and shoulders heavy with exhaustion. He studied Hazel. You okay, hon? She nodded stiffly. How much water do we have? Hazel checked the depth finder. One fourteen. That should do. Head up. She swung the wheel until Witch pointed into the wind and slowed to a stop, rolling impatiently, broad sails slapping in protest. Joe hauled the plywood dinghy alongside and secured it as the small boat banged and thumped against Witch's hull. The men went below, each returning with a pair of heavy lumpy black trash bags, They seemed bulkier than Hazel expected, considering the various body parts they contained. It was likely they'd been weighted down with some anchor chain to prevent anything from floating up. One by one, the bags were loaded into the dinghy, nearly to the point of swamping. Her father stepped to the helm, checked the radar to be sure no one was near, then turned his scrutiny to Hazel. She'd cleaned up earlier, scrubbing herself with cold seawater until her skin stung, but it still felt as though she was covered in blood. She shuddered, trying to block the memory of the warm slickness on her hands and soaking her cotton nightgown. Her father frowned, smoothing back his dark hair. You're shaking. I'm cold, she said, her throat painfully tight. They both knew better, but he only nodded and took the wheel. You're not dressed warm enough. Go grab a jacket. Hazel looked toward the companionway and hesitated. "'It's okay. Everything's cleaned up.' And so it was. Not a trace of the grisly mess remained. The dismembered body, the blood, her sheets, blankets, mattress, her Jay and Silent Bob poster, even the quilt she'd spent last winter neatly stitching by hand. It had all been removed. Only the no-wake-zone needlepoint above the cabin door and some books on upper shelves had been spared.' Bleach vapors burned her eyes and throat, and she choked, panic building at the memory of waking to a hand clamped over her face, the suffocating grip smothering her screams. Her father had been playing poker at Joe's while this stranger stood leaning over her bunk, a smoldering cigarette pressed in his mouth, steel-blue eyes gleaming. She'd struggled to breathe and move away, but he pushed all the harder. He moved in tighter, Told her if she screamed, it would be the last sound she made, then lifted his hand. Paralyzed, she didn't even whisper. Her choice, he said. Tell him where Micah was, or suffer first and then tell him. She didn't speak. She couldn't. Hayes? Her father called down. He leaned into the companionway. You okay? She shook her head, pulled on a sweatshirt, and raced back to the fresh air on deck. Leaning over the rail, she peered down at the bags. Her quilt was in one of them, blood-soaked and bundled around assorted pieces of the late Jim Kessler of Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Beyond a name and a wallet, she had no idea who he was. There'd been no car in the boatyard parking lot. He'd slipped upriver aboard the dinghy found beside which, the same one he currently occupied. Her father untied the dinghy, now barely visible in the water, and it sank under the waves, swallowed by blackness. Joe took a drag on his cigarette. And that's the end of that. But it wasn't, and they all knew it. Her father slumped back against the stern rail and turned to Hazel. Take the wheel and bring her about. Let's go home. She returned to the helm, swung the rudder hard to starboard, and waited as which responded. The sails ceased their banging as they filled with wind. And the boat healed and gained speed hazel finally began to relax as she got into her groove racing up and gliding down the wide swells no longer held back by the dragging